0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of series journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. School is back in session. How do you like them apples, kitties? Make sure you give one to your teacher. But make sure there's no GMO products and it's FDA approved. Can you imagine? You probably can't even give an apple to the teacher anymore, Dave. I bet there's some rules and regulations that are our, uh, our public schools of higher institution and higher learning that you can't even give the teacher an apple. And the teacher sure as hell can't give you a congratulatory hug. <laughs> We've seen a litany of teachers that are doing a little bit more than hugging, so maybe there's a reason for that rule. But I, I, I don't have any kids in school I see all my friends posting their back-to-school pictures, and I'm thinking to myself, I am so glad my mom didn't have Facebook to publicly (laughs) shame me. Uh, I'm seeing baby pictures posted online these days. I'm thinking this is is making first dates far less awkward because a a student can say, look, I already saw you naked. (laughs) We've been Facebook friends for two years. I saw you naked when you were two. You were a toddler. Cute. What do you think about the apples at schools? David? Do you think public schools are something that uh, Republicans and conservatives can, can lead on as far as looking at school choice options and, and asking some of these poor-performing schools for uh, certain standards in education? Do you, I think that's something that – because we need to figure out what's the difference between Republicans and Democrats, uh, and I think that this election in particular, this general election, has started to skew that line. So I'm trying to think of ways that we can actually distinguish Republicans from Democrats.
2: Well, you know, things have changed so much from my standpoint from when I was in school. And, you know, it it was nothing to take an apple or it was nothing to, you know, get hugged by the teacher. I had to, in my, in the third grade, Miss Benton. Uh, I thought she was queen for the day, you know, and God knows if she would just give me a hug that would make my whole day. And I, and uh, you know, like you said, they can't do it today. What? It's a a tough call. I I know one area that they can certainly clean up in a heartbeat and that's the cafeteria and get rid of a Mooshel's crap in the cafeteria. Um, You know, the, the I'm very familiar with one school where they had, they had a, you know, they had a coke machine and stuff uh, or vending machine, and if the kids after school wanted to buy a, a soft drink, they could, and that money went to the PTA, and it bought this and it bought that, and of course they had to take the that machine out because uh, Michelle didn't want it, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we we've gotten, I, I think this was what I liked about Trump's. Uh, speech yesterday and assuming he fo- he would follow through with everything I personally think we're extremely overregulated and mm-hmm. you asked the difference right I think if 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 Trump now I don't think there's a big difference between Republicans and Democrats okay as we know them the establishment but if Trump gets in and he starts deregulating things mm-hmm. everything from schools to to oil to coal to The pipeline, you know, you name it. Build the Keystone Pipeline, build Um, the wall,
1: all that fun stuff. You know,
2: we start in with deregulation, then, and and if he's the president of the party, Mm -hmm. then you could say there's a hell of a lot of difference between the Democrats and Republicans. If
1: they actually enacted some of the things that they talked about is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and uh, On tax policy, I just saw a uh, Hillary Clinton commercial, and this is interesting stuff. A lot of people have pointed at Donald Trump for being uh, a populist, a, a nativist, uh, somebody that doesn't believe in global commerce and global trade. Yesterday, I saw a Hillary Clinton commercial. I tried to change the channel, but I couldn't grab the remote quick enough. But I'm glad I ended up watching it because it was a typical liberal thing. We're going to make the evil rich people finally pay their fair share of taxes, which, again, folks, when you have 47% of the people or whatever the number, it's over 40% that don't pay a dime in federal income taxes, and 90% of them are paid by the top 10 to 15% of wealth earners. How is that not their fair share? So that's problem one. Problem two... She said that if companies want to leave the U.S., that she would implement what's called an exit tax. Now, how the hell is that any different uh, from from the protectionist policies that Donald Trump has been espousing? It's it's not really different. Donald Trump's getting blamed. Hillary Clinton's probably getting lauded on the left for her uh, lauded by, on the left by for her policies. Uh, but that is what got me thinking. What is the difference right now, right? I mean, you've got Donald Trump um, espousing views and being cheered rabidly by uh, you know much bigger crowds than what Hillary Clinton is getting at her rallies. But it's not for uh, laissez-faire capitalism. It's it's you know for central planning intervention at some level. Putting tariffs on outside products is uh, government intervention. Uh, it's not the free market working. So that I I, I am struggling to figure out you know, how Republicans can message through this, you know? And I, I'm 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 open for options, guys. If you guys wanna tweet at me, I'm at Greg's List Live. You can also find me on Facebook and uh I, I think I have Instagram too. I don't do Snapchat yet. But David we are on Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook. Well, I know you're on Facebook too because you, you're posting a lot. Hillary's looking a little sick lately, and she she's Hillary uh,
2: doesn't look too good. I man. mean, she's
1: never looked real good, but no. uh, not in my opinion, and nor in, in Bill's uh, opinion, apparently. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But she, I mean, there's all sorts of rumors going around that she has had some seizures and some some serious health issues. That uh, I, I think it, this is certainly a. Uh, a difficult subject to broach because her—I'm sure her doctors are going to come out and say everything's cool, nothing to see here, right? I mean, you pay enough money as dirty and scandalous as as, as they are, they'll find a doctor who'll give her a clean bill of health. You know, she could probably start at in, in linebacker for the Ravens with the kind of doctor that mm-hmm. they're going to find for her. But uh, you know, you've done some research on this. Um, I mean, yeah. what's uh, what's going on, Dave? Well, you know.
2: It's like everything else. Uh, They lie about it, and and nobody knows, quote, unquote, for sure. But uh, she was doing uh, – and and people have brought up the fact that one of the reasons she doesn't want to do press conferences Uh is that if she's put under the gun, under a strenuous situation, Uh she's likely to – Short circuit, like you yeah, said. It's, li- just, liable it's, to have a seizure.
1: it's not a seizure, um, it's merely a short circuit, Dave. We uh, all have them. You know, I will say this is something a, a little new, though. Um, she did uh, handle the Benghazi. She lied the whole time. I guess she had prepared testimony. But she did sit through 10 hours of testimony uh, with Benghazi, and that was just a year ago, right? Uh, yeah. And there's a couple other things. So this, I mean, in, in, in cases where health does become an issue, it, it can spiral down very quickly. quickly. I've, I've seen my own family, you know, uh, an issue uh, arise. Yeah, and
2: she's so. 70 years old.
1: That, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying once yeah. you're at the age um where <laughs> that's why medicare gets so damn expensive because one small problem can lead to uh much bigger issues or a a a symptom can be the manifestation of a of a bigger problem so yeah. i uh uh you know again this is something that we're going to be following and I appreciate you kind of pointing out some of the things about her needing to be helped upstairs and stuff like that again you don't you know we're already under the gun as far as oh anything we say anytime we say something negative about Hillary Clinton it must be because we don't like women so we've we've already got that problem now it's because we don't like sick people so I I, we got to tread really carefully with this, but it is a genuine concern. Certainly. You know, I, I want to give a
2: shout-out to uh, our acquaintance, I guess uh, is the best way to say it, my acquaintance because of you, and, and which I appreciate. But I am extremely proud that uh, Chris Perano, Chris Tonto Perano, has come out. I don't know if you follow him on Facebook oh, or yeah? not, but uh, he, uh, he has really come out in support of Trump and pointing out the things uh, about Hillary and you know I, I just how much can one person lie? you know my dad had a thing and and it's you've you got to be and I and I've proved proven this I'm not smart enough to lie <laughs> because you got to be damn smart to remember <laughs> what I told you you know and now it's beginning to, that, that exact thing is showing up so unravel. Yeah. She, she can't remember which lie she told about what, and now it's, uh, Well, it's like the know.
1: old Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain said, as long as you always tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. Yeah. That was an old, I love that adage, because I always, you know, if I'm at a cocktail party or some other gathering, I'll talk to somebody. And they say, well, Greg, that's really nice of you to say. I say, well, it's the truth. That's why I don't have to remember that I said it. Or you told me that last time. Well, of course I did, because it's the damn truth so i and it is the web of lies um, you know we we 're coming off we 're going to be talking to Mark Roundtree from Landmark Communications here in a second uh, very. Uh, strange polling numbers coming out um in Georgia uh specifically the national polls are not necessarily ones that you have to really worry about although it it has the national polls have shown Hillary Clinton opening up a 10 point advantage uh, Mark is a very uh a political guru here in Atlanta and uh, in the state of Georgia and well respected for his polling and um I'm interested to see what his take is I posited yesterday that uh, I thought Keith Richards had a better chance of getting a perfect score on the balance beam on the in the Olympics than Hillary Clinton does of winning Georgia this year it's interesting the conversation is is Georgia in play the Democrats apparently think it is the, uh, the Clinton machine is donating uh, or funding the uh, state party the state Democrat party which has been woefully underfunded lately um, if these polls are somehow true and let's say Clinton does win by 5.5 Points or so on uh, November 8th that would register or that would um, mark a 13 to 14 percent turnaround just since fall of 2014 so I think you would be able to point that it was Donald Trump's unpopularity that contributed to that, not the demographic change that the Democrats are so hoping will change the tide here in Georgia. So, how, uh, how are
2: these polls done? Well, uh, you know, telephone
1: or well, uh, the, the telephone and well, in fact, we're going to. That's why we're having Mark on the show to figure out exactly his methodology because um, they do have different ways of doing. It. Some are online. Um, they really want to have cell phone polls now are considered the most accurate i believe his poll called either 300 or 500 folks um i want to see what it was weighted um you know i didn't really look at the cross tabs on this particular poll but uh they are starting to show a trend of hillary clinton being up four to seven points in georgia i'm i'm concerned about georgia obviously the national race has big implications but if the if if trump doesn't win georgia then it's safe to assume that he would not win the presidency. So I like to talk about local. They say all politics are local, and we'll be talking to Mr. Roundtree. And then uh, coming up after him, Brian Crabtree, the host of uh, a couple of radio shows here in Atlanta, the Brian Crabtree Show, uh, be calling in about 235 or 240. Uh, and talking about the conventions. He was part of Media Row for the Republican convention in Cleveland and got uh, access to all sorts of, of, uh, of folks in the political realm and uh, wanted to see what his take on it was. Now that it's been a week or two, the dust has settled somewhat. The post-convention bounces, rebounds, or other uh, uh, geometric terms – have uh, started to fade a little bit, and we get to see what the aftermath is. And uh, I think the polls are starting to reflect some of that. So we will, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and take our first break here in a couple seconds, and uh, we'll be back with Mark Rountree. You are listening to Greg's List only on AmericasWebRadio.com.
3: And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected.
4: We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
5: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net
0: today. You're listening to America'sWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening,
1: and welcome back to Greg's Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America'sWebRadio.com. With us now is Mark Roundtree, the president CEO big man in charge of Landmark Communications, and uh, I will say Mark's uh, poll, uh, combined uh, combined Landmark and uh, Rosetta Communications, was kind of the bellwether that has uh, seen the, the rash of uh, what would be considered negative poll results for Donald Trump campaign in Georgia. Mark's uh, poll came out, I believe it was August 1st, was the most recent Landmark poll, is that correct, Mark?
4: August 1st, yes.
1: August 1st. And that one showed that... Uh, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump were virtually tied in Georgia with uh, Libertarian and Green Party candidates getting, I believe, 4 to 5% and undecided, which is remarkably low for a poll. I think, anyway, in my opinion, it was at only 3% in Georgia. So I think that that kind of shows how polarizing uh, this election is. But, Mark, can you talk about your your poll a little bit, talk about the methodology, and talk about, I guess, comparing it. Everybody wants to compare it to the uh, Purdue nun race from a couple years ago to say "Eh, it's all cool georgia don't worry so do we have something to worry about and uh, what are the similarities from then and some of the differences that you're able to analyze
4: yeah and if i uh can uh, just clarify something. The poll is by my company, Landmark Communications and Rosetta Stone Communications, um, who uh, the two of our companies poll as a group, as an association for Channel 2 News in Atlanta, uh, WSB-TV. Okay. And uh, that, I just need to give that disclaimer. So yep. I'm, I'm uh, speaking about the poll, um, uh, sort of on behalf of both companies in a way, but... <clears throat> You know, really, there has not been that that much change in the electorate for Georgia, just because uh, we have a uh, it's a different type of uh, a different type of state. We have a very large minority population that was already pretty much uh, locked down for for Hillary Clinton, um, and uh, so there has been, but there have been some movement around the edges that's important. And if I may, I've got three polls right in front of me, and I'll give you um, Trump's numbers between May and today. Trump in May, when we uh, did the same poll for Channel 2 on May 5th, uh, he was at 42%, and Clinton was at 41 Well, it hasn't changed that that much. That was just essentially a one-point race. Mm -hmm. In uh, July on the 24th, we again released a survey, and it was, again, a 1.2-point race. It was 46 to 44 rounded off. In uh, August 1st, uh, right after the Democratic National Convention, we polled again, and it was 46 to 46. It was tied. So there has been some change, but it's been, um, it it has been around the margins in Georgia more so. Um, it's not a sea change, but it doesn't take much uh, to to make a, <laughs> a big difference in what's happening here. Um, you are correct. Kerry Johnson four, carries 4% of the vote. Jill Stein is at 1% of the vote. The big change was that Hillary Clinton has locked down sort of the Jill Stein vote, call it what you will, it was the Bernie people that uh, are now satisfied that uh, uh, Clinton has sort of, uh, uh, is a good enough person from their point of view to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to give their vote towards. So that has made a difference. The other is that uh, minorities are now very uh, strongly for Clinton, and whites, white voters are, thirdly, um, probably a little more um, distrustful, I guess you could say, of what's going on with Trump.
1: So, uh, and and in it, your poll is actually <laughs> the the bright spot for uh, Donald Trump in the latest series of uh, polls that have come out in Georgia. Um, when you guys uh, combined with uh, Rosetta Stone uh, Communications, um, y'all are using landline or cell phone or how? What's the main data collection?
4: Well, it's it's landline and it's uh, d- digital collection. It's basically online collection where we uh, do essentially polling on uh, online. And uh, we ask very similar questions, and we match up the responses demographically. Okay. Um, so it is a uh, it's a it's a much more I guess detailed way of doing surveys than uh, maybe the traditional way to do it, which is just simply with phone calls. So it's, it's a combination of both. The landlines um, we're calling using an IVR system, which is a recorded call. Basically, the the um, kind of the methodological state state of the art uh, way of doing uh, most polling is with IVR polling.
1: At this stage, would you think that uh, Hillary Clinton should start uh, dumping some resources in Georgia to uh, to, to see if they can uh, uh, build on the um, – I guess the even keel that's having right now and if she was able to consolidate their th- – third party vote while trump's uh, trump is losing it to gary johnson some of the third party support a lot of it is yet to consolidate around uh mr trump would you uh would you think it would be strategically wise for the democrats to make a play for georgia i'm
4: sort of surprised clinton has not done this from the beginning Mm -hmm. regardless of this polling because i think some of this was going to happen anyway um georgia does have a very large minority population and that minority population is very democratic um You know, fully probably around 37, maybe 38 percent of the vote that will cast ballots for this November's election are going to be minorities, and they're going to be awarding a a, uh, among blacks, for example, it'll probably be 95 percent of their vote for the Democratic ticket. Mm -hmm. Uh, Among non-black minorities, it it, you know it may be in the 80s. So it's very high. You have to win as a Republican candidate. At least 70% of the the white voters vote Mm. in order to win, and that's, that's difficult to do on a consistent basis year after year after year.
1: Well, it's also about turnout, too, isn't it? I mean, the libertarians historically have been, uh, they, they like to take polls on the phones. They always seem to poll, you know, a little bit better than their, their turnout, which has been 1.5% or less for uh, Governor Race Andrew Hunt, uh, Amanda Swafford, and, and they were polling a lot higher uh, just because, and I don't know, i you probably could explain the dynamics a little bit more, but just, you know, somebody's more likely to take five to ten minutes on a poll than to actually go visit the poll. Polls on November 8th right
4: well you know when we were doing the uh, when we were doing our polls for 2014 they were publicly released we pegged to the absolute number the libertarian vote in Georgia it was two percent mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I think it's it, it may not be fully fair to say that they, they don't vote they just kind of vote online I don't think that's accurate um, but I do think that toward the end of the campaigns there normally is a breakaway uh, from third party votes toward the major party candidates and it's usually based on negative advertising mm-hmm. if you make somebody more afraid of Clinton than they feel the love for libertarians then they may stick with Trump in order to try to win mm-hmm. but uh, win the state but um, you know this year may be different uh, and that's because it's it's with Trump's unfavorable ratings being as high as they are all over the country, it may be difficult for those third-party candidates, uh, for, assuming for the Republicans, to pull voters back from the third-party candidates. I, I would expect them to actually win some vote this year that they may not normally win.
1: I believe um, Gary Johnson got a little over a million votes in 2012, and he's certainly poised to, I would say, at least double that. Uh, the problem is it doesn't really matter what your popular vote is. It matters if you win a state. So, uh you know, you can have all the electoral game or the vote gains in the world, but if you're not impacting the electoral college, it, at the end, it's not um, really changing the the game too much, right?
4: One of the things that will help Trump in this, and I, I do believe in the end that Trump wins Georgia, um, but one of the things that will help him is you do not need to win a, of course, a, a majority of the electoral votes of the popular vote here to win the electoral mm-hmm. votes. It may be entirely possible that Trump ends up winning the electoral votes of Georgia in full, but with only 49% of the vote. That may very well happen.
1: And that's different than the, uh, normally in Georgia. If you have more than two people on the ballot, the winner has to get 50% plus one vote, not plus one percent, plus one vote to avoid a runoff, which means if uh, if this was um, – measured like a a senate race for example it would be trump 49 clinton 47 and the other split around three that would actually if it was a senate race put them into a long protracted runoff and that would be crazy but uh the 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 cooler heads have prevailed smarter people have said you know what we don't want to have a presidential runoff
4: (laughs) well right now um pretty much every poll that is out there is showing that i have seen at least is showing up uh senator isaacson in the runoff that's the one, though, that I think it's too premature, um, because there really hasn't been a lot of advertising on either uh, candidate Barksdale's campaign, the Democrat, or Republican Senator Johnny Isakson. They've not advertised yet, so it's a little premature.
1: Uh, David, um, did you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mark, I'm, sorry. I'm just curious.
2: What, with all of these early polling, and, and you get them constantly, uh, what actual effect are they having at this date on the potential voter?
4: Well, I think that's open to, open to question. Um, it's not my interest so much on uh, having an effect on the voter. It's having an effect on the reader to help them understand simply what the electorate is telling us. Um, now, I, I could theorize beyond that. Um, that yes, uh, please. Speculation
1: that, uh, is cool here.
4: Yeah. Well, the, the <laughs> purpose of this is, of course, to help people understand where things really are. Mm-hmm. Because, frankly, I think there are a lot of times strategists, activists, advocates, operatives, who, and candidates who make decisions in a tunnel and they just sit and they hear the same thing over and over from all their friends. And uh, polling helps lift you out of that. It tells you where things really are. The effect that it may be having on the electorate is uh, sort of like uh, sort of like I guess you could say synchronicity, that the more uh, polling that comes out saying that the candidates are both both major party candidates are sort of unpopular, um, which you hear that refrain quite a bit, it may be helping the third party candidates. And frankly, I don't think there's probably too many of Gary Johnson's voters that can, at this point, tell you much about Gary Johnson.
1: Yeah, they just don't like. I have a um,
4: here's a question. Let yeah. me prove the point. Let me because I don't I don't know what I'm. I, this is going to be sort of uh, you know OJ's attorney's calling on uh, or the prosecutor calling on OJ to put on the glove. Let me just test you. <laughs> what does Gary Johnson actually do for a living, Greg? Uh,
1: what does he do now? You know, I, I don't know What's his not, job. I have no David. idea.
4: What what is he? What is his occupation?
1: ex politician
4: <laughs> <laughs> well that's my point nobody really knows anything about this usually when you meet somebody you say okay what do you do and they give you their occupation that's the first thing they do they tell you my argument is is that most people actually don't know anything about Gary Johnson or Jill Stein other than they don't like Clinton and they don't like Trump that's
1: you know, the I, I, ironically goes. I know that Jill Stein I think she's a medical doctor. I don't uh, yeah you're I, right I, okay yeah I I I don't know why I know that it's you're just because up I with your uh, yeah you know you got to keep <laughs> keep your friends keep your friends close and your enemies closer mark it's the you know it's the the golden rule of politics and life isn't it uh you know I'm still trying to find what exactly Gary Johnson does <laughs> it's, it's, What, I mean, he was governor of New Mexico for eight years. I, um, I, I haven't, you know, he
4: was governor, because we, we all know, but, you know, people don't actually, I think, know what's real about somebody their political yeah. career is not what's real
1: right what, 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 what drives yeah. them what well, and and I think, and would you say that that's something that uh, Gary Johnson should probably I mean if he's as long as he's not a <laughs> something that we wouldn't want published and that would be found out right away people aren't going to attack Gary Johnson because you wouldn't attack uh, a Trump or a Clinton are going to voice their uh, anger at each other in theory um, hey you know what let's take our can you want to take a break here because I don't want to yeah Mark can you hold on for a couple yeah. minutes I want to wrap up with that because that I think that's pretty interesting, the fact, and hopefully in about a minute and a half, I'll figure out what the hell does Gary Johnson do.
4: And I'd um, like to give you numbers on millennials, yeah, where I, they're at okay. in this polling.
1: Yeah, that would be outstanding. So we'll be back. Mark Roundtree, landmark communications president, political guru, having a pretty cool chat right now. Hopefully you'll stick around after the break. We're going to find out some more uh, data about uh, the the younger people voting, and we're going to find out what the hell Gary Johnson actually does for a living. See you in a minute on
6: Greg's List. Your auto love and investment. Demands the best, and for forty-five years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands from manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequalled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact passporttransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Buzz
7: off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology.
6: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And back on Big G's list, which, uh, yes, uh, Mark uh, Mark Rountree here, Landmark Communications, on Greg's list. I found out that uh, Gary Johnson's quite the successful businessman. I thought he was. I just wanted to make sure he was. And uh, he actually started a company called Big J Enterprises uh, in 1976. And uh, it apparently has a lot of uh, revenue, up to $38 million a year. So he is uh, independently wealthy, self-made man. I think maybe we should... Uh, if I was Gary Johnson, I'd be pointing that out too. I think their digital campaign, uh, obviously they're doing a lot on social media because it's probably the cheapest way to hit the most eyeballs. Uh, I think it's been a pretty savvy social media campaign trying to say they're the only sane person, the adult in the room, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, so Big J, and uh, I think that there's some uh, – I love the innuendo there. As we all know, Big Johnson surfboards was a euphemism for something back in the 80s. I'm waiting for those T-shirts to come back. But, uh, yeah, so, what, so Mark, yeah, just we'll wrap up on Gary Johnson. Should he start um, defining himself a little bit?
4: In in the end, I don't think he's going to win or lose his campaign because we knew he was a construction worker. Okay. He was. Um or that he's a Lutheran, which he is. And uh, I'm Googling just like you. But <laughs> <laughs> but I do think in the end, that um, it, it, that's my point, is that people will not be voting for him because of him. They're going to be voting bec- for him because of the others.
1: He'll be a protest vote, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay.
4: And I think particularly his vote um, may be coming from younger people. Let me give you, if I may, from our survey. Yeah. Uh, the 18 to 39 age group. It's not exactly broken out by millennials, but this is 18 to 39 age group. Very different than people over the age of 39. First of all, Trump uh, is in third with, uh, excuse me, not in third, in second with this group. Trump has 37% of the vote in Georgia among this group, 18 to 39 age group. Clinton has 49%. Oh, my. And Gary Johnson has 10. Okay. Now, compare that to Gary Johnson's four overall with the electorate, and it gives you some proportion to uh, the 18 to 39 group. Now, what's driving that? Why, is, why are millennials for Clinton? Is it that your friends and neighbors and um, folks that are non-political are suddenly for him? No, it's not. It's that, again, the, the demographics in the state of Georgia are changing dramatically, particularly among young people. And so this isn't the 18 to 39s from 20 years ago. It's a different group that is um, growing in Georgia demographically. And uh, they are very much more likely to be um, we don't even have to get into it because you can hear this on any radio show, mm-hmm. they're much more maybe you could say the word tolerant or maybe you could say the word liberal or libertarian on social issues mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm less convinced that they're, they're fiscally conservative that's, uh, that's something that's sometimes said, <laughs> I don't think that's true I think they're much more liberal actually and uh, they're also um, much more likely to be minority uh, than uh, okay. people over the age of Mark, Canadian,
2: uh, let me ask you uh, Right, quick. You, you're saying 18 to 39, but yes. the 18 to I would even guess 18 to 25, 26, maybe probably won't even show up at the polls.
4: Well, and to varying degrees, that's true. Uh, we just we just have this broken out as a category uh, on the poll of people 18 to 39.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that but. Uh, I think the numbers are important because it does kind of show that where, where Donald Trump's appeal is, and that's with the older white voters, right? Um, this, this, and, and I've I've been able to speak to uh, some of his campaign operatives. I was up in Cleveland uh, for the RNC. Um, you know, are, is there a huge swath, a, a silent majority that's going to come out and surprise on Election Day? Is that possible?
4: Um, Well, you've had polls be wrong before. That doesn't mean uh, that uh, there's a secret group of people somewhere living in caves in North Georgia. Uh, It it may mean that, you know, in the end, people are turned off by everybody and they don't vote. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a bunch of new people that are going to come out and vote, because frankly, why would you not already have seen them when Trump was much more popular in the primaries? Right. So the people that vote in the primaries, they're embedded in this polling as being, you know, part of the randomized potential of voters. So no, I don't think there's some just you know secret group of people out there. I know you're not implying secret, but you know what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, does Donald and, Trump have? But I have, don't think
4: so. Does, I think the, I think we pretty much know who's who's by and large going to be in the electorate. And the only thing that's going to happen that could change that is if uh, more and more people are getting turned off. And does just don't does
1: Donald Trump have? A, who has more upside right now, in your opinion, Trump or Clinton?
4: I regret because uh, you know we are a Republican leading firm, uh, a political organization here at Landmark Communications. Um, but I'm also being analytical with you. Mm-hmm. This is not advocacy. And I think the downside that, that the Republicans face right now is that Clinton really is a fairly vetted politician. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can always say there's something new that's going to come out in her emails and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's not like a lot of new scandals that, you know, have been coming on the pike on her other than since the email uh, fiasco. Right. Whereas Trump, we're now hearing about, you know... Uh, all kinds of potential issues that could come out there he's less vetted and this is what happens when you basically have you know you have people all the time guys say you know we need people who haven't been in politics before to run things well that may be true but the problem is they have to get through an election and they are unvetted Mm -hmm. and they react badly they make the, the, the biggest thing trump makes the mistake of is that i think he loses perspective over what's important because he takes things very personally and um that's that's his biggest problem, so he gets pulled off course from attacking Clinton and attacking Obama instead he ends up attacking people that really have no impact on the race and he he gives them power.
1: What's the down-ballot risk do you see? Do you see, uh, I mean, if if Trump uh, you know, and I'm hoping he can turn things around. I hope he can stay on message. I hope he can stop responding to people that really are uh, beneath the office of president to respond to or uh, people that are, you know, generally um, applauded by the the community at large. Uh, So is the down-ballot risk, are we as Republicans at risk of losing the House? Democrats would need to turn 30 seats is that on the I, no, is that I don't po- think,
4: no I don't think the house is at risk I think the senate is at risk we're already probably you know we have enough seats that we could lose even without a strong trump or a weak trump yeah candidate.
1: I was about to say that we was a, that was a 10 play <laughs> even with uh you know Rubio at the top of the ticket probably right
4: yes you could easily have republicans lose four, lose four senate seats I mean when I say easily it's that they're already on they're already on the agenda uh, you know Illinois Mark Kirk is down pretty good uh Wisconsin, uh, Colorado. There's enough. There are enough seats out there, even New Hampshire, where uh, the Republican is down in some polls by double digits. And it's not just a new thing. It's been going right. on for a while. So we could lose. You know, we could e- easily be at fifty, and then you end up with a situation like, what if we're at fifty and Johnny Isaacson our, our U.S. senator, does? I don't think this will happen. But what if he does end up in a runoff? It did happen in two thousand and eight yep. with Saxby Chambliss, mm-hmm. our yep. former senator. So it's not that it's unprecedented. Uh, Weich Fowler was, you know, he, he was defeated in a in a, in a runoff with uh, Paul Coverdell back many years ago, 1992. So it, do, it it does happen, and it does happen in Georgia. Yep. It just doesn't happen usually where the entire U.S. Senate balance hangs in the thread of yeah. one u.s i would say
1: that would be a fun two months wouldn't it for those <laughs> in the campaign world although i think we would have burnout i mean literally every and and it would uh yeah i mean that would especially either party would have much at stake if trump won the or wins the election then that would give the senate to the gop yeah that the the permutations there are amazing to think of mark roundtree landmark communications you can uh uh, find a podcast replay of this later tonight. Thank you so much for calling in, shedding some light on some of these numbers and explaining a little bit beyond just the media headlines of Clinton's going to win Georgia. All um, you know, every Georgia's turning blue. I'm, I'm glad to to be able to, to peel back the curtain on some of that a little bit. Thank you so Thank much you for Mark. having me on. And uh, if
4: you want to uh, find us at Landmark Communications on uh, Facebook and then uh, LandmarkCommunications.net online. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. All right.
1: Pretty uh, pretty neat stuff there. Drilling down the the numbers a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, the reason polls are wrong is because the, the pollsters they do their best to get uh, statistical uh, samples and, and try to you know stratify it across the who they think is going to turn out to vote, but you never do know exactly who's going to turn out to vote, um, which. You know we'll we'll have to see if Gary uh, I've learned a lot about Gary Johnson just within the past 15 minutes I think that that could be uh, an interesting um, line for him to uh, to approach to explain hey I'm self-made man I you know Mitt Romney got vilified for being uh, you know a successful capitalist and I don't know exactly what Gary Johnson's net worth is but uh, it's certainly you know if the libertarian party can use this election as a way, to to really take a stake in the electorate and say so, you know what we're, we're going to be a serious party we're going to get organized we're going to back candidates in races we think we can win we're, we're not just going to hire Goodyear blimps and fly them around football games and stuff like that we we're going to be serious and we're going to be organized this to me it's it's their chance right now you know that they, they it's their opportunity to uh, to actually create a viable third party option that can maybe glean the best parts of the Democrat and the Republican Party, and and time together cohesively. That's my hope, anyway.
2: But you, you you're more statistically inclined than myself, particularly <clears throat> on uh, politics. What is the percentage of eligible? age voters that actually
1: vote uh i think in presidential elections you're up to 60 to 70 percent yeah i believe i believe so on presidential elections now uh you know in these local elections especially this past year during in the in the primary in may 24th we were at 18 percent uh eligible turnout i believe so every put it this way david every a lot of people go vote for president. The numbers when Obama was on the ballot in two thousand eight was that was one of the highest turnouts ever. Uh, Twenty twelve again, they they turned out and I, and that's I guess I didn't get a chance to ask Mark about this, but that's I mean Hillary Clinton is not nearly as popular on the Democrat side as Obama. Now has she been able to get the Bernie voters to come over? Yeah, but is she really going to get the folks that have been left behind in Barack Obama's economy? To come out and vote for her, who is 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 unpopular. Her voice is akin to uh, fingernails getting scratched across a chalkboard. Uh, the numerous scandals. I, I think it's uh, you know Mar- Mark Roundtree was saying that she had been vetted. Of course she's been vetted. She, it's been one scandal after another, and um, it's just been a little hard to connect the dots. But she's literally lied. To the American people. No, you know, Many- the, the, I understand there's a new thing coming out there. They're going to start checking and seeing when
2: she's told the truth. It's easier to keep up <laughs> yeah. with that
1: than... I was about to say, PolitiFact can say, you know what? We actually found her, to be honest, one time. Ding, ding, ding. Guess what she's won, Bob? Uh, we've got Brian Crabtree on the show. He's the host of a uh, uh, a couple of talk radio shows here in Atlanta. We really only have about a minute before we got to take our break. Do you want to go ahead and do the break uh, a little bit early right now? No, but, No, go. you don't. Okay. Well, Brian, welcome to Greg's. How are you today? Hey, great. How are you, Greg? Good to be here. Uh, hey, man. I appreciate you uh, calling in it's uh, always nice to kind of have the role reversal going usually you're the one interviewing people so uh i, I think i think it's probably kind of fun for you to be on the other side of the mic this time uh i guess first things first cleveland uh what was your what were your thoughts we got about two minutes before a uh, break here so uh tell us a little bit about your thoughts about cleveland what your experience was being on uh, media row
7: well um i i thought cleveland uh was uh, fairly well done i thought it was okay when i left and then i watched what the democrats did and i thought wow the republicans really shined in cleveland they did a a bang up job of not only taking care of us uh, converting that parking garage into media row but it it wasn't really about us it was the attitude of the people there um uh, republicans seemed to be quite the opposite of what the media said uh, optimistic forward-looking excited about donald trump a little bit of division here and there very few protests a lot of security, and even the security. I didn't meet a single security professional with a bad attitude. I, I think that says a lot about the way that was organized. So Reince Priebus and the Republican Party, along with the Trump campaign, did a phenomenal job. You go to the Democrat convention, which I didn't go to. I, I can't I can't take that much liberalism in one week, but <laughs> I... I uh, I, uh, I watch it on TV. I had a couple of people there that uh, work with me uh, behind the scenes of my show, and mm-hmm. they, they said, wow, what a mess, comparatively. One of them got out after 24 hours and said it was just miserable. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the Republicans did a good job. It was a great message, and unfortunately, in the wake of it, the media has distorted it um, tremendously, like they do everything else in favor of favor of the left.
1: Yeah, that was uh, my impression. I can tell you, being down uh, for Trump's speech on Thursday night, um, I thought he hit the the points that he needed to. And unfortunately, he just gets he just gets distracted way too easily. They need to ban him from his own Twitter account, I think, and uh, keep him on these uh, talking points. His speech uh, on economics yesterday in Detroit was great, and uh, the things he's being vilified for, which is uh, protecting the American worker, is uh, is interesting because Hillary Clinton's new ad says she's going to charge an exit tax to companies that want to headquarter outside the U.S. I, I see very little difference uh, in those two messages.
7: Well, she knows that his message is the right one, so what has to happen is you have to recast his message into being something about, you know, it could be Captain Khan or his Gold Star family, and so the campaign works behind the scenes with the media outlets, especially the ones that most Americans watch, absent and Fox News, and they, they, they make a mountain out of a molehill. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know, you said... Um, He needs to stay off of Twitter. I I think, in fact, you know that's true in normal political terms, but I think Trump supporters want him on Twitter. I think people want to see the the real, raw Donald Trump, and I think what's happening in a lot of the coverage is that the people who have been the silent majority for so long are just simply not being heard in that conversation. What's on the media and what people are really thinking at their kitchen table, I think, is greatly disconnected. And I think the polls are probably right. Hillary's ahead at the moment, but I think that's partly because it's the summer.
1: And it can be. And this is something that can be turned around. Brian, let's take our uh, 245 break here. We'll be back in a couple minutes with Brian Crabtree, radio host in the great state of Georgia and city of Atlanta. Be back in a minute on Greg's List.
5: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me.
4: You are not alone. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org to understand why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. This is Grace Marie Turner, President of the Galen Institute. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org.
6: The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. Information is the key, and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com,
0: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's web, radio.com Joined now by Brian Crabtree, radio host in Atlanta. Brian, where can folks tune in? I know you've got a couple of times. One's 4 to 6. I think the other's the morning. But uh, tell our listeners where they can listen in to the Brian Crabtree Show. Well,
7: it's uh, AM 1190, which is Biz 1190 in Atlanta, 4 to 6 p.m. That's our live show. Then we uh, replay that at night on AM 920, the answer, 9 to 11 p.m. in Atlanta, of course, Um Pretty much wherever you are in the world, the thebriancrabtreeshow.com. The audio is there 24-7.
1: That's great stuff. So, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the interviews you were able to get. I found uh, most of the the folks in um, in Cleveland were very approachable. I was actually able to get a press pass for uh, a um, oh you I think you were at that event too, the criminal justice reform, and uh, you know, being able to speak to Governor Fallon, Bevin, and uh, Governor Deal from Georgia. I thought was pretty neat having such a kind of a closed group and being able to really drill down on some stuff. What were some of the highlights of your week there?
7: Well, I think having some off uh, off radio conversations, both before and after the interviews, getting to know some of these guests that you see frequently on Fox News Channel and CNN, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, both having them on the air, asking the questions you you do on the air, but getting a sense of their thoughts off the air. You know, I had a, a great conversation with Daryl Issa, both on and off air, who's Congressman from uh, um, from California and very active in in the committees uh, at Congress uh, that, that certainly have involved Hillary Clinton and. You know, I think he pretty much seems to me to be kind of in the middle of of where the Republicans are, the establishment versus the the Trumpkins, if you will, in that he recognizes maybe he wasn't his first pick, but he's there now, and we really have to support him because the, the, the worst alternative... That we can imagine as hillary clinton and you know just getting some of that feeling from these people mm-hmm. uh kind of and you contrast that to what you see uh during the week in the commentary they, they make or the things they don't say which is it's, it's sort of publicly not popular in politics in the beltway circles of washington to be in favor of or endorse donald trump but they sort of want to but then they have all these other people over here in the never trump party of the republicans and, and, and in politics that makes it sort of not a good idea. So they just sort of walk this tightrope, these mm-hmm. eggshells they walk on. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing playing out right now with the Republican divide that's uh, being talked about on yeah. TV.
1: Well, and I guess it's you know it's one thing to have it uh, polarizing right and left, but when it's an, an intra-party struggle that uh, has been so polarizing, the uh, the Never Trump folks have been quite vocal. Uh, a lot of them have have taken to, um, you know, resigning from the Republican Party, certain positions. Uh, we've seen young Republicans fleeing. Um, it's um, it's a problem, I think, but uh, it's also, you know, strategically... What, what would you rather have? Do, do, do these people really think that Donald Trump is going to nuke Western Europe? Uh, I mean, if you really think that, I, I think you're, you're being a little self-righteous. Not you, Brian, but...
7: Yeah, in, no, in I agree.
1: You. I, I, you know, I, I just... You know, you look at Donald Trump, if he's as rich as he is, he's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Well, does he really want to blow himself up? I don't think so. Let's be logical about this. If And if Donald Trump wins... Uh, it's guaranteed the Republicans will hold the House of Representatives and far more likely that they'd hold the Senate and we could start repealing some of these onerous laws like Obamacare which is really starting to create the havoc that we all said it would six years ago it's really starting to create the havoc, the exchanges are broke uh, Dodd-Frank has been a, a disaster for uh, community and local banks and small businesses, Well, there's a there's a rash of problems that a Donald Trump who has, has promised to repeal if elected and I, I you can you can guarantee one thing. If Hillary Clinton's elected, Obamacare will not be repealed.
7: Yeah, that's uh, pretty sure. In fact, it'll be doubled down on. And, and I would point this out. You know, we lost with McCain and Romney primarily because of the fact that uh, a certain group of people in the Republican Party said, I'm not voting for those people, and they didn't mm-hmm. show up. And then they, by, by, by default, it allowed Obama to win twice. We may have the same phenomenon in reverse now. We may now have this uh, this faction that may be in in population the same number of people who are Republicans who've always voted Republican, who don't show up, but they're the establishment people (laughs) who champion McCain and Romney. So what the Republican Party has got to figure out, which is disgusting for me to watch, is that we, as a group of conservatives, whether you name yourself Republican or not, you keep, we keep losing, because we keep going into this all-or-nothing approach. I mean, look at it. We've got just as much divide in the Democrat Party, but the facade is that we will support a liar, cheater, who exposes national secret information to the world, who is having health problems, apparently, and no one really likes. But we'll support her because she's the nominee. I I mean, you have to take a a little bit of respect to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm they'll support anyone as long as they're a Democrat nominee. (laughs) Republicans, we've been divided for two decades, so this is just a reverse of the same division we've seen in the last Mm. two elections, and by the way, you're looking at the history books, it cost us the last two elections. I don't know why Republicans can't wake up and Get it. it? It makes no is sense. It,
1: is it? Is it? Is it that we're too critical of our own party? Is that? Is that the? Is that what we have to worry about? That uh, we we expect perfection. We don't. We do. We're not satisfied with the eight out of ten. I agree with you. Eighty percent of the time, I want a hundred percent. Is that the problem we have? Well,
7: I mean, you get issues. Uh, you know, you get issues like abortion and uh, marijuana and gay marriage, and we slaughter ourselves on those issues. <laughs> um, and, and I, I I'm. I'm in the republican camp as far as beliefs on all three of those issues but i look at it and say there's a hundred other things that affect our country the morality the ethics the future the country my kids will have my grandkids that someday will have and so if i'm going to uh... throw away the other ninety seven things over those three issues that seem to be paramount to many republicans i'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater while i'm talking about abortion and things like that i, I right. don't disagree with the positions but we've got to start looking at it it's sort of like you know on a spreadsheet you know the pros and the cons and i think with donald trump no matter where you stand inside the republican party or conservative uh, mentality he's more positive than negative and he's far better than hillary clinton
1: and you know what that actually brings up an interesting point right the um uh we have criticized, I have, I don't know, I, I think you have it to some extent. A lot of folks have criticized Donald Trump for being distracted by these minor, uh, issues. And I'm actually having a little bit of a come to Jesus moment and thinking, you know, uh, the Republican Party in general gets distracted by social issues. You had the Todd Akins and the uh, Richard Murdochs from Indiana that really cost us the Senate a couple years ago by trying to explain what legitimate rape is. Um, we've had a huge problem with um, dealing with, with gay marriage being found legal by the Supreme Court and getting distracted by that and bogged down by that. Uh, so I, maybe the folks that are criticizing Donald Trump, including myself, Uh, I don't really get distracted by the social issues, but maybe we need to look and say, hey, we as a party are getting distracted by issues that really are are minor compared to the major problems that we're facing.
7: You're right. And and you have to remember, too, the country is fiscally conservative and socially liberal. And it it, it makes a moderate country, at least for now. Um, I'm moderate in social issues and conservative, far conservative in other fiscal (laughs) issues. Right. When you think about social issues, they're emotional. So if you, if you want to sway a voter, you're going to have far more power, whether it's pandering or playing to, for real reasons, they are, they're emotional issues. So when you are against the majority of the country socially, you're also against them emotionally. And you may have all of the right solutions in the world, which I think the Republican Party does when it comes to fiscal issues, economic issues, but you can't get past those layers of fear that, that the Democrats use so greatly to right. to uh, to, to, yeah. to run those Away from I mean, the,
1: the the main thing is the Democrats are able to cobble together uh, gays, Muslims, and women, which is, that's, that is an amazing accomplishment mm-hmm. in and of itself. Brian Crabtree, you can find him uh, 4 to 6 p.m. A.M. 920. Did I get that right? Or eleven? Uh,
7: biz 1190.
1: Biz 1190. And uh, hey, we appreciate you calling in today. This is, uh, re- we'll replay this one tonight at 6 p.m. Thank you to Mark Roundtree and Brian Crabtree for joining us to recap some of the polling and uh, some of the convention fun we've had. we'll see you next week on greg's list as always uh tune in to americaswebradio.com thanks
0: you're listening to americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio thank you for listening